This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, 7.07 a.m. It's Friday, the 10th of March. You are listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Philip C. in the studio this morning. In half an hour, we're going to discuss whether Congress, U.S. Congress, will succeed in passing the Restrict Act, which could see TikTok banned in the U.S. Uh, but as always, we're going to kickstart the morning with a look at how global markets closed overnight. U.S. markets were all in the red. The Dow was down 1.7%, S&P 500 down 1.9%, and Nasdaq down 2.1%. I think dragged very much by banking stocks. Most of the big names dropped by nearly 6% on fears of a very strong jobs number coming out later today. And this could fuel the potential rate hikes that could take place. In Asia, the trend was generally also red, with the only exception being the Nikkei. The Nikkei was up 0.2%, Hang Seng down 0.6%, Shanghai Composite down 0.2%, and Singapore's STI as well as FBM KLCI down 0.4%. So for some insights into what's moving international markets, we speak to Timmel Holland, president of TJM Limited in Chicago. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Excellent. So, Tim, I think there's a lot of anticipation um, for Friday's job reports. What are the expectations that the markets have and how will this play into a Fed monetary policy direction moving forward? Well, I think the expectations are for, you know, a little moderate, more moderate, obviously, than January uh, for around the, you know, 250-ish area. I've seen some as high as 300. But, you know, with weather, you, you got to be careful about the headline rate. The unemployment rate, they're still looking unchanged, you know, 3.4. And then job, the average value earnings, which I think is very important, at a plus 0.4. So still a pretty strong report that won't deter the Fed or any of the uh, fears that rate, you know, the terminal rates higher than what people thought it was a month ago. So, you know, again, it's an important report. But, you know, again, it's uh, if it's stronger, I think it'll be a little more uh, lethal than uh, obviously if it's weaker. So if it's north of 300, we should expect uh, 0.5 basis points. But if it's not under 200, would it be something around 0.2 then? 0.25? Well, I think that what you're going to look at is the average hourly earnings and the unemployment rate. Because the number itself, I don't think – I think the Fed's still 25 basis points. What will make the determinant will be the 14th when we get the CPI. If that comes in hot, then I think you can make the case for 50. I don't think this job report's going to sway that. So I still think we're probably – you know, 25 basis points is my guess. And I think the CPI will determine if it's going to be 50 or not. Now, we are seeing that um, there are concerns of that earnings of major U.S. banks in this quarter will be adversely impacted by the Fed's hikes. How much of a dent in their bottom line should investors be expecting? You know, I'm not so sure it's the rate hikes itself, as opposed to perhaps that the loan demand still fairly weak for banks. You know, the private uh, loans are really where I think the action is. So that's one uh, sector. The other, the investment banking revenues, um, you know, and they're not trading as they used to trade, like the, uh, you know, money center banks, the JP Morgans and the Bank of America's. They don't have the dealing desks that they once had before after the uh, financial crisis. So I think in, in the credit card, uh, um, you know, maybe some they have to take some write offs for potential credit cards. So the worst thing for them is the rate hikes is if it's going to push us into recession. And to me, that's not clear yet. Maybe ultimately it will. But again, I think that the and this news with the um, 
ugly kind of news today with the Epstein JP Morgan connection, I don't think helped much today either from a psychological standpoint. So do we have any clarity about how rates will evolve in the midterm? I mean, I think we are kind of trying to bake in some assumptions for the upcoming Fed uh, meeting, but do we have some analysis of the trajectory of the rates? Do we think we hit 5.5 by end of the year? Yeah, I mean, that's what the futures market's saying. You know, a month ago, they were looking for end of the year at a, even a rate cut. Now, you know, 5.5. And, you know, I think that's what is hoped for, 5.5. There, you know, potentially could be 6%. There's talk about that mm-hmm. as well. And I think that remains to be seen with some of the data. But certainly a 5.5% terminal rate is certainly expected and anticipated by uh, by the market for sure. So some market analysts don't believe the Fed will stop raising rates until the U.S. plunges into a recession. Is this something that um, is this the pattern that you see going forward? Well, I think until they really see inflation on the trajectory back, it's ain't going to get to their two percent. In fact, they're going to have to raise that two percent target. But until they really see uh, inflation really decelerating, so I don't think if they have to see a recession. I think they just have to see price moderation, and that's not something that we're really seeing yet. So they're not trying to drive the economy into recession, even though uh, it's likely if they continue pushing rates higher, ultimately they will. But I think their goal is really this price stability, not necessarily recession. That'll be a secondary effect, I think, not the primary. And shifting to black gold, now the Energy Information Administration expects U.S. oil and gas production to hit record levels in March. However, shale drillers are also expected to report much lower profits than in the past two quarters. Why would that be the case? Well, I think their costs have gone up a lot. Um, You know, the energy costs itself of, you know, the uh, uh, getting the oil, they tapped the you know, best wells probably before. And that's so the oil prices have really been, you know, stuck, you know, below $80 in the, you know, upper seven, mid to upper 70 level WTI. So I think that's hurt their margins, you know, somewhat here. And, you know, that's, uh, and again, the strategic petroleum reserve, the inventories built up from that, I think have kept prices depressed. Although having said that, over the longer term, I, I really still like that play. And I like the, the shale play. And I like the uh, fact that I think oil prices are going to firm up. So I think temporarily, but margins are getting hit by other factors that are hitting other companies as well. There's also a lot of frustration with the Biden administration over the fact that there's not much pipeline infrastructure as well in the United States as well, right? And also, there's this big push as well to start uh, expanding drilling in Alaska. Where do we see the Biden administration in facilitating this? I think they're not going to facilitate it. and It's really kind of a shame. You know, I call it the zero carbon cliff that they're taking us over. Look, nobody's denying global warming. But I think that uh, to, you know, switch to this green energy that is going to cure this global warming, I think is, you know, I, I just don't think it's realistic. And we have the energy supplies and I just think they want they are looking for it to go away. And it's very, very difficult to get the capital expenditures necessary from these companies to get the, what's, what we need to realize our potential there. So I think the Biden administration is still very hostile to fossil fuels. And I think that's one of my main reasons why I look for prices to get higher, because we're not going to our dependency is not going to shrink. And I think that's going to just, to me, tilt the uh, supply demand upward. So I'd say we're going to be closer to $100 a barrel than $50 a barrel in the next year. Tim, I also did see headlines that um, a group of bipartisan U.S. senators are looking to introduce something that's known as the NOPEC bill, no oil producing and exporting cartels, which is aimed to pressure the OPEC oil production group to stop making output cuts. I mean, what are the chances of success for this kind of legislation? Well, they can do it, but I don't think they've ever been successful with doing that. And given the policies here in the U.S. Uh, and the 
to be dependent, more dependent on the, uh, you know, the type of outside sources, I think is a fool's errand. And, uh, you know, to me, I, I think it's foolish legislation. And, uh, and I think, again, it's just one of those unfortunate, uh, things I think that are happening in the, uh, it's almost like, uh, the chicken supporting Colonel Sanders, if you will, <laughs> Kentucky fried chicken. Here. So. All right, Tim, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was Tim Mulholland, president of TJM Limited in Chicago, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead. I love that analogy. <laughs> so, yes, uh, the U.S. Congress do love their um, acronymed uh, legislations. There was they NOPEC. Do. We were speaking earlier this morning, or we are going to be talking more about the Restrict Act. Um, but in any case, all eyes are going to be on the jobs payrolls numbers uh, later this, uh, the unemployment, the employment numbers yes. later tomorrow. The job payroll numbers, I think the question is January was a gangbusters year, I think nearly hitting half a million. The question is whether for February that trend continues or do we see January as more of an aberration and normally a blip and so if they see the number north of between 200 to 300,000, how does that inform the Fed in terms of its rate cuts? Hence why so many concerns and that's why markets were not very happy yesterday. Indeed, and I guess the Fed is in this really precarious position right, because they want to bring down inflation but it's also their job to keep um, unemployment levels yeah. low as well. So in a way, their uh, duties now are contradictory to each other because in order to bring down inflation, uh, inevitably it is going to have an impact on unemployment um, and they're at cross they're at cross ends. I saw the Senate hearing between Jay Powell and Elizabeth Warren. It was fascinating stuff because you talked about Jay Powell saying, look, we need, it, we need to continue raising rates. But Elizabeth Warren was, of course, adamant about, you know, you're going to risk a lot of job losses and unemployment and, you know, perhaps you know, spiking up very eventually. Right. I think and she used the figure 2 million two jobs. 2 million jobs, right. And so this was the epic battle between Main Street and Wall Street, I think, playing out on in Congress yesterday. And who wins? But the number job numbers, I think, will be very telling. And that's why there's so much correlation between both figures. Indeed. We are going to be watching that very closely. But let's look at some of the uh, international corporate headlines that have come across our table. We have Oracle. They reported third quarter revenue that missed analysts expectations as businesses slowed down IT spending against the backdrop of a sobering economic outlook. Yep. Shares, shares fell close to 5%, total revenue rose 18% to $12.4 billion. But as you said, shares net income fell 19% to $1.89 billion or $0.68 cents per share from $2.32 billion a year ago. So we do see that cloud revenue, uh, it's a highly watched segment that Oracle has been trying to expand. This did rise 45% to $4.1 billion US dollars. And Oracle's digital health records provider, Cerner, they generated sales of $1.5 billion US dollars in this period. So this uh, segment is seeing strong growth. This is something that Chairman Larry Ellison mm. thinks is going to expand moving forward. Um, but yeah, I guess it's still uh, less than what uh, the overall picture is still less robust than what people would have liked. But this is the concern, isn't it, that you're seeing now IT spend, which is expected to continue to rise and grow substantially, beginning to put a lot of pressure. So while the top line is doing well, the bottom line is under a lot of pressure. I think perhaps due to the competitive landscape that Oracle has to contend with, hence why you see the distinction that its core cloud business is not doing as well as its offshoots. 
Well, turning our attention to some uh, another company that are probably disappointed, and that's Gap. They reported a disappointing holiday quarter results and announced a series of executive changes as the retailer continues to search for a permanent CEO. So Gap, uh, they are the parent of brands like Banana Republic. Um, they have reported net losses for the uh, three-month period of $273 million, or $0.75 cents per share, versus a loss of $16 million a year ago. That was clearly a gap in expectations with investors. Revenue is down 6%. If you compare sales, they were down 5% year on year and store sales also dropped 3%. Online sales, which represented 41% of total net sales, plummeted 10% compared to last year. Shaz, do you have anything from the gap? I have to say I do not. I'm probably out of. They're probably out of my price range. And in a way, I'm wondering if is are we seeing inflation start to bite? Maybe uh, we see consumers going for more affordable alternatives, and hence Gap is losing their market share over the price increases. Maybe. Maybe I. I mean, I don't know whether Gap is the bellwether for consumer trend in in, in the market. You know, because they have been losing share. You know, for quite a bit of time, and and we've heard so many stories about how they've struggled to get into new segments. Their athleisure segment hasn't really translated into proper numbers. So really, is Gap losing its relevance in the market as a whole? Question that any retailer needs to ask themselves. 7.20 in the morning. We're heading into some messages, but we'll come back with uh, more top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app. 